Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. I thought I knew what home felt like calm felt like, peace felt like. No, I only knew what meditating and leaving to tier three. That's lovely out there, but that's not reality. That's not life. That's not being a human on the planet. That's checking out, right? But oh, the wholeness and well-being when you truly are in your body and your autonomic nervous system has been supported and facilitated to come all the way back is a peace beyond words that lasts, that lasts. And so by the end of, and they, this is called like a wave. So as, as you, as you leave, I, now that I'm becoming a facilitator, hold space, no fixing, no guiding, no pushing, just let's allow that. I'm cold. I'm disassociating. Let's allow that. And then you come in. I want to die. Let's allow that. Take me with you. I got you. I'm right here. One of the unique facets of high-conflict divorce is trauma, which many couples experience first as children in dysfunctional families, and then again throughout their adult relationships. These marriages often ricochet between hostile behavior and tense reactivity, causing further disorder to the entire family. The Divorce Trauma Recovery Series explores the impact of mental illness, addiction, and trauma on individuals and examines some of the many modalities available to support deep healing. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Trauma Recovery. Today we're discussing PSI and why psychedelics work for healing trauma. And with me today is Alana Pratt. We're looking at an alternative to therapy that may sound quite new to many of you. We're exploring the use of psychedelic medicines such as ketamine, MDMA, cannabis, and Cilio, how do you Psil say that? Psilocybin. Psilocybin. <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms. To yeah. engage the subconscious. I know mushrooms. Um, when used in a therapeutic safe container, they express meaningful manifestations of your mind. In fact, the non-rational sensations, emotions, thoughts, and images that are seen in these altered states of consciousness are your body and mind's way of expressing deep subconscious truths that have shaped you. This unique and growing therapy allows for a bottom-up processing to take place, um, which has little to do 
with insight and understanding and much more to do with the shifts that take place at the level of the subconscious. I'm so interested in this. According to Alana, it heals level four trauma, which equals dissociation. It helps you to get back in the body so you can be present, untriggered, discerning, and able to navigate challenges effectively. Doesn't that sound lovely? Before we get started, let me just introduce today's guest, Alana Pratt. She's back with us again. Alana is an intimacy expert, a global media personality, and go-to authority for those ready to heal heartbreak, live unapologetically, and attract soul-shaking relationships. This Ivy League grad is the author of six books, has interviewed Whoopi Goldberg and Alanis Morissette, and hosts the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations, where listeners learn how to become the one to find the one. A certified master coach with over uh, five and a half thousand viewers on YouTube. Million. Um, five and a half million viewers on YouTube. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Alana has been chosen as an icon of influence featured on Huffington Post, People Magazine, Forbes, CBS, ABC, Fox, TLC, iHeartRadio, and much more. And I will say that Alana is um, incredibly humble for all that she has done and all those that she helps. And I'm so excited to have you back with us today. Welcome, Alana. Oh, it's so good to be with you, Karen. You're like my soul sister. So uh, thank you for having me back on a subject that not only am I becoming certified in, I've gone through this protocol for the last year, year and a half, and it has literally changed my personal life. And it's allowed my coaching to shift from me being in charge to me being the facilitator and trusting the body, the body's wisdom. And it's been breathtaking, humbling. And I just love the results that I have and my clients have. And I can't wait to tell you all about it. Yeah. Yeah. This is so exciting. So, you know, our audience is largely individuals navigating high conflict divorce. And so, um, as we know, uh, one who enters a high conflict relationship is coming from their own trauma or other challenges. And then being in a marriage for 10, 20, 30 years and the impact that that has. And so we're really exploring these alternative modalities in the hopes of helping our listeners, our followers, our clients to um, bridge that gap. And we were talking offline about how talk therapy doesn't really work. And it's what everyone goes to. It's like, okay, I'm struggling. I'm going to go to a therapist. So let's start there. And if you have some experience with that too, and then we can go from there. Yeah. So just so the viewers uh, and listeners know, I went through a 12 year custody battle and it was highly traumatic. And so I just send compassion and understanding to everybody. And I'm really glad you're here to, to talk with us about this. Think about an iceberg. We only see the very tippy top, right, of the iceberg. That is what talk therapy is about. You know, your beliefs and your stories and and your thoughts and 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 it's just very small. And maybe we could say that it helps you cope, gives you some management tools, but you got to keep working on it. And there isn't transformation. There isn't healing. There's just management of the symptoms. It's just very small. Underneath the water, as we all know, is the girth of the iceberg. We can call that your primary consciousness. It's before your thoughts. 
It's it, it has nothing to do with your rational mind. It is purely your subconscious running the show. And I am an Ivy League grad. I'm a smart girl. My little tip of my iceberg is a really smart little tip of my iceberg. And I tried for literally decades, literally decades to heal the trauma that I grew up at, grew up with, and then went through attracted um, with my marriage, divorce and custody battle to no avail. I continued my very last relationship was the worst ever. It ended in him being arrested for criminal assault. I had never been in a relationship that bad and things were getting worse, but I was doing more work. It wasn't adding up. And so when that happened, I was told about this new way of using psychedelics. Now I had tried everything in the past. So I had used psychedelics in the past. I had tried ayahuasca, um, psilocybin, but what I learned in this protocol was that think about it like your bachelor's, your master's and your PhD. Ayahuasca is like tier three PhD. So I would go way out of my body, way out into consciousness. And I knew, and I know I am one with all. It was these altered consciousness. There was no question. I understood who and what I am. We are all one. Like I know it, but as soon as I get back in my body and the medicine's over, I get friggin' triggered and attract abusers. Like what is going on? And what I learned is I never got healed on tier one. It's kind of like your bachelor's back in your body. I had over skipped healing my actual body because I was more into my mind and I'm a smart girl. I had not valued nor paid attention nor trusted the wisdom of the body. So let me explain a little bit, if I could, about these different levels of trauma that I had no idea about. And let's imagine there's a, there's a, a gazelle and a cheetah. So the gazelle is like happy and we'll call that zero, zero point, still point. No problem. The autonomic nervous system is completely calm. And then level one trauma, a little bit of rustling in the bushes. I'm aware. So we could feel that in life as a little bit of nervousness or a little bit of overwhelm, concern, maybe fear, but not full on panic yet. But then all of a sudden we see the cheetah and the cheetah is running after us. That's level two trauma. It's very short. It's a burst of energy. It's not sustainable. We got to run like hell. And so maybe in life we have this moment of panic or this moment of rage or this moment of like devastating sorrow where we can't breathe, sobbing and we can't breathe, but it's very short. If the cheetah runs away or we win, we'll go back to one. Okay. Everything's going to be fine. A little bit nervous, but I'm, I'll be okay. And our autonomic nervous system will come all the way back to zero. When we grow up in traumatized households, the abuse doesn't stop. We don't get to go back to zero. We don't get to go to grandma's house over the weekend where there's no abuse and regulate our system again. We're in it forever. And so then you go to level three trauma where, oh, the, the cheetahs caught me. You've seen those animals that go like dead with the stick legs, but they're not dead yet, but they're playing dead. Because, because they've been caught and the feelings in this level three are feelings of, oh my God, what's the point? And maybe suicidal ideations, like I can't go on, like literally I've been caught, but you'll notice in nature, if the cheetah puts down the gazelle, because maybe a hyena is coming over, the, the gazelle will run away. They're not dead. They can, they can still run away. Level four trauma is where the cheetah is eating the gazelle. The body gets very cold. 
there's a sense of calmness because you've left your body. We call that disassociation. It's this respite. You just leave. Uh, the body's cold because all the blood goes to your organs. And this is where many of us get caught, held in this looping level for hypervigilance. And this is how I didn't know I grew up to be always aware, hypervigilantly aware of where's the abuser, got to survive the abuser, where's the abuser, got to survive the abuser, hypervigilantly, not able to let my whole nervous system come all the way back down. And so a lot of us in level four hypervigilance are very highly um, effective, productive, successful, because we don't stop. If we're about to rest and calm down, I personally would panic. And so I would just keep going, keep going. And I have a good attitude and I make a difference on the planet and all is well. My adrenal system is friggin', you know, shot. But this is not going on in the mind. My mind would go to a networking event and try to meet somebody that would support my business. But I would attract the people that would take my money and the FBI is now after them. That's who I would, because my body was attracting the abuser, even though my mind was trying to find a great investor. My so so l l let me let me slow you down here because you're saying so much. So first of all, the hypervigilance, just uh, just a, a bridge so that the listeners are are tracking with you. So you. some of the terms that we say are walking on eggshells, um, uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Are those it, does that I, I want to connect to to this concept of hypervigilance so that um, so that we're, we're we're out of the safari and into something that just our listeners can can track with a little bit better. Can you describe that? My experience in level four was not walking on eggshells. It was just how life was. I was always tracking everybody. Always. I was always on. I was always looking for perhaps where the other shoe would drop, but I didn't have an emotion around it. It was just a bodily radar that would never stop. One of the things about level four is because we're not in our body. We're not feeling, we're not feeling scared. And because as soon as we get back in the body, after we leave and disassociate and we're looping, looping, serving, serving, hypervigilant, hypervigilant, once we come back into the body, level three quite often is nauseousness. We can't, our body literally can't stomach or digest the level of intensity or horrificness that we're dealing with. And the emotion that comes along with that feels hopeless, suicidal, which we don't want to feel. So then we pop out of our body again and go back into hypervigilance. What's mm -hmm. so I, let me ask another question around this. So um, when I was at the tail end of my marriage, uh, one of the things my therapist said to me was um, your pain tolerance is so high. Mm. You may never leave. Yes, because you're not in your body to feel the pain. Yeah. And she had said to me at that point, she said, should you stay? I want you to know that your children are in an abusive situation and you staying makes you equally the abuser. And that Whoa. was my motivation for leaving, not because yeah. I was like, you know, I could he's just angry and all this. And so I just I tell that just so that you can kind of plug it into what you're saying so that our listeners can just connect. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. When we've disassociated, we're not feeling so our pain tolerance is high. We can put up with a lot. We grow these superpowers of resilience and a positive attitude. I mean, I can see the good in anything. I can make lemonade out of lemons with whatever situation it is. And, and that's a sense of strength and perseverance that has served me well. But it's also been very detrimental in terms of what I've stayed in professionally, personally, and romantically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if that resonates, everyone, if that resonates with you, if you can just scan your own situation and and connect the dots, um, we're, we're going to turn the corner here into what you do with that. And so I just want I want everyone really relating in whatever way you can to the trauma that you've had. Yeah. Something else that I'm not completely clear, I'm going into my certification right now, but I've been through six, we call them series of PSI work, and I've done 10 uh, mini series on Zoom. So I've done a lot of work in this department. And what I realize when when I disassociate, not only do I not have the, the feelings or the emotions, and I just have this sort of fake happy, fake calm. But I'm out of my body, not in my body, grounded, present, discerning, uh, whole. I'm out of my body, basically surviving, is I also didn't have access to the memories of what happened when I was a kid. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't lying to myself. I wasn't withholding. I literally didn't have the memories of the trauma that went down until I started this, this protocol. And... With this protocol, you go towards where you disassociate. You go towards where your body's cold or numb because that is where we're going to hold space. We're not going to fix. We're just going to allow the body, a facilitator, you're safe now. I'm here. And we just be with it. We just totally allow. And slowly but surely, the body feels the safety and the the soul, the essence comes back into the body and the next stage is not fun, which is why running through life, we don't, we, we don't have a facilitator to hold space of impeccable safety. So we just keep spinning and we keep mm. repeating the pattern. And here's the, here's the unfortunate part. Once you um, survive the abuser, the system now wants to master surviving the abuser, get better at surviving the abuser. So that's why I kept attracting worse and worse and worse abusers because I'd already mastered that level. Now let's get a real crazy sociopath. Now let's get a physical abuser. It kept upping the ante wow. to master because it was the only sense of growth there was. When you're in level four, there is no perspective. There is no past, present and future because you're just hypervigilantly making sure you don't die. Back in level three, which is very, it's a short, it's a phase you go through, but it's very uncomfortable because you have to feel the hopelessness that you've never processed. You have to feel the, how could this have happened that you've never felt before? And when I got into level three, I was flooded with images, memories, smells, body, really? body sensations. And we surrendered in this process, you surrender to the body's wisdom and movement and all of a sudden, I heard things like, I felt penetration in my vagina. I smelled really yucky, awful smells. And I heard, you like this. You made me do this. Don't tell anyone. I I had no memories of this, Karen. None. Wow. And then I, my, 
Oh yes, that that I just I I have so few memories. I have I have a bunch of trauma from my childhood, um, and I was speaking to my daughter who said like she's she has so few memories. So that's really connecting with me. It's like that I I know psychologically something happens, but the fact that through this you actually temporarily get them back and or like how does that work? Tell no, I got I got them all back. I got them all back. Um, And then I went into level two, which was that short burst of that intense emotion, the panic. But what we allow the body to do is to do what it never got to do in the actual situation. So my body wanted to push away, but it was never allowed to in the, in the real moment. So I allowed my body's arms to push away. I allowed my voice back off. I was never allowed to say that. So you get to recapitulate the abuse, but through to fruition back to zero by, by pushing back, speaking up and the beliefs that came when you come back into your body in level three, which is, it's my fault. It's my fault. Mm. Right. By the time you get into level two and level one, oh no, that was mental illness. That was drug abuse or alcohol abuse. That was not my fault. I'm a good person. You start to have the true awarenesses not the little belief in the top of the iceberg, but the embodied Mm. knowing that this was not my fault. I was victimized. I need not be a victim of this any longer. And then you get back to to one and your body and your autonomic nervous system starts to like discharge. You might shake, you might get really hot, but it's all of your body letting go out of you, all of that trauma, literally physically again. So you might look a little weird, but you're shaking and you're shaking. And then all of a sudden your body rests and then you get back to zero. I thought I knew what home felt like calm felt like peace felt like, no, I only knew what meditating and leaving to tier three. That's lovely out there, but that's not reality. That's not life. That's not being a human on the planet. That's checking out. Right. But, oh, the wholeness and well-being when you truly are in your body and your autonomic nervous system has been supported and facilitated to come all the way back is a peace beyond words that lasts, that lasts. And so by the end of, and this is called like a wave. So as, as you, as you leave, I, now that I'm becoming a facilitator, hold space, no fixing, no guiding, no pushing, just let's allow that. I'm cold. I'm disassociating. Let's allow that. And then you come in. I want to die. Let's allow that. Take me with you. I got you. I'm right here. And then the intensity, the rage, I'm right here with you. Take me with you. Say what you want to say, body, do what you want to do. And you're right there with your practitioner. This is not group therapy. This is one-on-one. Like I'm with them every inhale and exhale. And then they come back to that mild nervousness and then zero. And to witness somebody coming home is just so beautiful. And then they have Oh, it's breathtaking. They have the awareness. Like this one gentleman I, I, I facilitated a few weekends ago, his mother had died and he decided it was his fault. Not his mind, not his beliefs, but his body, that little boy decided it was his fault. And you could track all of the sabotage success professionally and personally in his life. And by the end, his mom came, the spirit of his mom came and it was breathtaking because it wasn't my fault. 
I'm like, no, it wasn't. But I could tell him that all day in talk therapy. doesn't do any good. His body and being knew the truth. It's stunning. And so once we came back, the biggest gift for me is that I finally forgave myself, Karen. I had attracted all these abusers, I personally and professionally. And I had always at the end of the day said, what's wrong with me? What? I mean, I can help all these other people. What is wrong with me? And it's getting worse as I get older. What is wrong with me? And then I finally realized, oh, my body was trying to master surviving the abuser. My body was just trying to protect me. And I helped with the facilitator and this way of using the medicine by staying in the body, not leaving, staying at tier one, not leaving to tier three. I could forgive myself. It's the biggest gift I could ever receive. I'm not broken. My body was just trying to survive. But now I have the ability to thrive and attract and be discerning and be aware and know who's healthy and who's not personally and professionally. And now I can give the gift to my clients. It's beyond, it's beyond breathtaking. Yeah, it sounds pretty amazing. Divorce is hard, but a high conflict divorce, it's overwhelming. It involves battling not just emotional tolls, but endless court dates, hidden finances, and toxic personalities. This is your call to action. Don't miss the ultimate high conflict divorce summit from November 13 to 17, 2023. Our summit brings together an unparalleled lineup of experts, featuring leading psychologists who demystify high conflict personalities, top financial advisors revealing strategies to uncover hidden assets, esteemed legal minds to guide you toward a favorable settlement, and renowned child experts who will arm you with the tools and tactics needed to fight effectively for custody. Act now and register for free to unlock an exclusive bounty of gifts from all 20 experts, yours just for signing up. Take back control. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash summit 2023. Register now and reclaim your future. session or sessions yeah what is it that you feel differently how Mm. how 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 are you feeling being different uh after this experience so many ways so I will say it is not a one and done I personally did six series they they are done in chunks of three in between there are uh, additional uh, shorter cannabis sessions on zoom. I also worked with cranial sacral chiropractic structural massage acupuncture. I, I, my body needed help. Uh, You could, the way that my shoulders were hunched, the way that I had digestive issues, the way I would have headaches, all these things were my body's way of that recapitulating that hypervigilance over and over. So as it was letting down, I worked also with personal trainers, like my body started to shift. 
my posture started to shift. My neck pain started to go away. My digestion got better. I would do a detox and a lot of stuff came out. Like I was getting healthy. But here's one thing that was very humbling and shocking. I thought I had an intuition, Karen. No, I had a very open heart. It was the best way I could sense how to be safe. And I was one smart, looping woman, figuring it out, figuring it out, figuring it out. But what I realized is I wasn't in my hips. I wasn't in my body, in my hips, in my resting state before I started this work. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And as I came back into my hips, I literally had the the body-mind connection of my glute muscles. I'm like, oh, I have a bum. My bum, I mean, I'm kind of thin, I work out, but my bum's always been a little bit wiggly because I couldn't feel my bum muscles because they were connected to my groin muscles, which were connected to my labia. I couldn't feel those either. I thought I could, but I didn't. I remember one day simply doing squats with my trainer, burst into tears. All this energy came through me. I was shaking. It discharged. I was hot. It discharged. I'm like, I have a bum. Oh my God. I can feel my bum. Like I could feel the energy from my bum down to my heel. I was in my body and I felt strong. I felt like I could protect myself. I felt like I'm here and I can take up space and back off. I'm allowed to be here like an embodiment that I matter. It was like, whoa, whoa. And so now my intuition, my gut sixth sense, it's like I have a basement. It's like all of a sudden I was just living on the main floor in my heart and I had a mass that would go up to my mind, but I didn't have a basement. And now clunk, I can feel the muscles, but all the energetic chakras in my first chakra, root chakra, second chakra, creative chakra, sexual chakra, power center. Oh, I'm in here. And I have knowing, pre-thought, discernment, pre-thought, awareness, pre-thought in my body. And I look at situations of the past and now it's obvious as anything. Not healthy, not safe, not aligned, totally taking advantage of me, riding my coattails, using me. I couldn't see it, sense it or know it. And now I can. It's incredible. Incredible. And so now my hips feel like sexy. I can feel the earth with my heels and I can take up space. And the terror that used to be there to take up space, I've worked through, I've integrated. So in between these sessions, the way I choose to do PSI is to integrate the way I I already do coaching. Because there's conversations to have. There's Mm. relationships to restructure. There's some tough moments to to come to Jesus moments where you have to look at your whole life, which has been created through the lens of that level four hypervigilant looping. And it's time to let some people go and to bring in some higher vibrational situations, structures, and people in my business, in my colleagues, in my clients, in my friends, in my lovers, all of it. So it's quite humbling. That is just such an amazing journey that you just took us through describing what happened. And I I just, I don't even, it's so counter to anything I've experienced. I mean, it just sounds so, I mean, you said coming home, it sounds like such an incredible gift. And for you, someone who does know so much, who supports so many people, who has the skill of self-coaching and coaching others to say, yeah, this like major piece was missing. Um, 
and now you feel completely whole. I mean, I'm a work in progress always. I don't think we ever get there, but I have never felt this whole home, connected, discerning, peaceful, worthy, like ever, ever. Yeah, I'm so grateful. So, so let's say, um, let's say we have people who are listening who are like, how does it work? Tell me more. Um, what? How does one? How does one explore? How does one get involved? What are the mm-hmm. What are the steps? What What is What is this actually? This whole process look like? Yeah. Well, I would encourage them to go to the site psychedelicsomatic.org, I believe it is, or psychedelic somatic institute. What is it? I don't even remember what it is. Well, well, it's in the show notes. <laughs> okay, good. It's in the show notes. <laughs> so I'd go there and I would start to read why talk therapy. Is, fails has failed you. I would start to watch the videos to 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 see what actually happens when someone goes through a wave and they come back into their body and they go all the way back to zero. So you have an idea of what's going on. Uh, and then, if I resonate with with you, I would reach out to me because I believe PSI is the the most effective way to use psychedelics to stay in tier one in your body and resolve disassociation level four. There's a lot of beautiful gifts to doing tier three psychedelics, It's but it's for a different reason. This is for healing trauma. Um, I like the way I do PSI because I really believe the sessions in between the, the medicine work plus the group coaching, all of this together is required because it's really very intense. As I went through this process, Karen, it wasn't like I did one series and I was happy. It's a lot to deal with to actually have memories come back of what happened and still have to talk to these people and restructure my whole life and business and relationships. It's a big deal. So I actually felt I was very, I mean, I think I'm a sexy lady. I've, I've been a pole dancer. And, you know, when I was in my twenties, I even had a little time being a topless dancer in Japan. Like I've, I've been out there. I've done my full moon parties in Thailand. Like I've done all the things, but when I did this work, I was doing all of that out of my body. Mm. So I didn't have the self-respect, the reverence for my divine temple as a thought I did, but not as an embodiment. So I went through a period where I felt very innocent, no libido, it was like a new birthing of my body, a new um, expression and innocence that I'd never had before. So now that it's been a year, I feel like I'm coming into balance with a matured, embodied goddess energy that I've never had before. So it's a journey, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's a journey. But oh my goodness, it's it's worth it. Very, very logistically, you wear a mask so that you're helped to go right into your body sensations and emotions. And you learn to just allow. My practitioners have said, I'm like the PSI poster child. I got, I get, I get it because I've done 20 years of quantum psychology, spiritual technology processes. My Alana Pratt method processes are all about feeling and allowing the feeling all the way through to resolution. So I'm brave. I know how to surrender and feel. So I get this work. So if you are not interested in feeling, push away your emotions, check out on social media or another glass of wine, 
this is going to test you, train you, but it's going to build your bravery. It's going to build your resilience. It's going to help you stay embodied and it'll take as long as it takes until you get the hang of it. But the results are so worth it. So let's just speak to the the naysayers, the people who, um, you know, smoking cannabis, doing doing any kind of well, there's two audiences. So there's two questions I have for those who struggle with addiction. Yeah. Um, is is this a path that they can take? And for those who um, have led, let's say, what they consider a clean life, and I don't do those kinds of things. Mm. Um, they're they're bad. They're wrong. Mm. They're right, like you know, street drugs kind of thing. Can right. you just speak to both of those uh, concerns? Yeah, the medicines respond to context and container. So if you use, we'll say, cannabis to check out, to relax, that's leaving the body. You're telling the the medicine to take you out to tier three and chill out. So this is a different use of the medicine. We're actually using it sacredly. We're saying, medicine, help me stay in my body. Medicine, help me feel what I haven't been able to feel, integrate, and heal. So it's a very different experience. I had used in the past, not very much, but occasionally I'd smoke here or smoke there. And I was had started my protocol and it was July 4th last year. <laughs> and I took a little toke as we go off to see the rodeo. And my body's like, oh, we're doing deep work. And I went right into <laughs> a trauma response in the car. I was like, I was like, take me home, take me home. And I laid down and I put my mask on. I said, okay, I, I surrender. Okay, okay. So I, the medicine is very responsive to the container and the direction and the intentionality of it. So I no longer can like chill out on cannabis because my body thinks cannabis is doing deep trauma work. So <laughs> it's it's very honoring and it's a different experience. And I'll tell you that last uh, client that I spoke of um, who healed his um, the trauma around the death of his mother, he had always had horrific experiences around cannabis. And I said, we're going to use it differently. If, if it goes really, really bad, okay, we'll never do it again. But would you trust me once? And by keeping him in his body and telling the medicine, we're going for healing. We're going for well-being and keeping him in his body and not letting him go out to a quote unquote, a bad trip and feeling through all of it. It was blissful and wow. it was beautiful. And it's, and the spirit of his mother came and his body literally, you may not believe this, but his body was literally rock. He had his knees bent. He was lying down, mask on, and his body started rocking back and forth. And again, we always trust body, whatever body needs to do, trust body. And he said, she's here. She's embracing me. She's rocking me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, this is a reverent spiritual divine use of medicine and in, in in partnership with your body to heal trauma back into well-being. It is not about getting high. In fact, the dose that you take is very small. It's really just about shutting off. The medicine is used to shut off the secondary consciousness of the mind so we can get into the primary consciousness of the body. We talk the whole time. The, it, it, you're not high. You, you, you will feel an altered state, but it's really to help you feel what you normally push away and feel through what is intense 
all the way through to still point. It is not about, um, yeah, getting high. Beautiful. Yeah. And what about, what about people who have, um, addiction, uh, tendencies? I, I primarily am focusing on clients with trauma, so I'm not sure what occurs um, with addiction. I don't have statistics on that and I don't have expertise in that um, per se. But what I would say is what I, the people that I've worked with, the addictions are based on not being able to resolve a feeling of pain. And so the drug is used to just leave to give me just some respite just for a minute so I can get it together and get back into life where the pain is. This allows you to move through the pain all the way back to zero. So I'm confident it would resolve the issue that made people disassociate all the time and help them to come all the way back. There are statistics, and you can read on the site as well, that vets with full-on PTSD, three series, there's no more PTSD symptoms. And so they, who had been using a lot of cannabis to try to just manage They used it to leave. Now we're using the medicine to stay, resolve, and they don't need to use it anymore. So if that's the addiction to leave, that was resolved. That's amazing. Isn't it? It's beautiful. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad to be having this conversation because over the last year or so, um, this topic has been brought to my attention and I've done a little bit of research dabbling, you know, kind of always looking for something, especially for my daughter. And uh, and so this is just really inspiring, encouraging, and you are such an incredible soul. So I'm just going to say this to everyone listening. I have fallen in love with this woman. She is she's so the real deal. She's so mm-hmm. authentic. She's so heart centered. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that if 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 this is piquing your curiosity. Um, reach out to Alana because uh, you would be in very safe and trusted hands with her. Thank you. I so appreciate you seeing me, feeling me, honoring this very brave journey that I've been on. Yeah. 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 The, uh, The quality, the body knows if it's safe or not. And the space that all that I've been through allows me to hold. It's sort of like a figure eight. You can only go as deep and wide as the container that's being held. Mm. And I believe all that I've gone through allows me to hold a really deep, wide, impeccable, safe, secure, non-judgmental container where I've walked the very path that they are on. And I got them. And there's no greater honor and privilege than holding that space to feel terror rage, panic, sorrow, hopelessness, intense things. And I got you and it is an honor. And let's, let's keep allowing because we will get home. I have never, ever, ever gone through a darkness that I haven't been able to bring home to the light, not by fixing, not by doing, but just by being unconditional love, unwavering with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So before we say goodbye, how can people find you? What is the best path for them to uh, reach out and connect with you? Yeah, I would go to my site, alanapratt.com forward slash connect. I call it an intimacy breakthrough experience. And for your listeners, there is a scholarship I can offer. Capital letters ready now, 
all one word, ready now. And that gives you a substantial scholarship to connect with me if you're ready to talk about this and for me to support you in finding what the blind spot is that's keeping these patterns repeating or even like like me getting worse. And we can see if just general coaching, because here's what else I've discovered. I can track people's bodies and energy that aren't even on medicine on my coaching calls so much better than ever. I, I can see when they disassociate. I couldn't see that before. I would only coach and integrate what I could see. Oh, there's rage. Let's integrate it. Oh, there's sadness. Let's integrate it. But when they would disassociate, I would, I'd be looking for, for what, something. And now I'm like, oh, you're not here. Let's allow that too. <laughs> so now my coaching skills have gone up to here. So if you're still not ready for the, the PSI version of what I do, which is what I do with VIPs in person, um, that's fine. We can still just start with coaching. But if you're like, oh, that's why everything I've been doing, perhaps with plant medicine has not worked. It's because you went out to tier three. Let's stay in the body. And let's have this sense of home, oneness, and divinity in our bodies and then bring that presence to the world, to our children, to our beloved, to our clients, to our career, all the places. It just makes life so much more rich than I ever knew it could be. That's just beautiful. And and I've been following you on social media. So for those who are really enjoying this conversation, uh, all of Alana's um, contact information is mm -hmm. in the show no notes. And definitely she's got great reels. She's got great videos out there. Thank she's you. got a wonderful newsletter with incredible interviews on her mm -hmm. podcast. Your podcast, mm -hmm. again, is Intimate, Intimate Convers Conversations. Yes. Yeah. So you guys are podcasters. Go check out Intimate Conversations. Check You're out there. Alana, mm -hmm. um, reach out and um, thank you so much. This has been really enlightening and inspiring. And I so appreciate you taking the time to share your personal journey with us. Such an honor. Thank you for the work that you do and the depth of listener that you are. I love our conversations and thank you for doing the work that you're doing in this world. Thank you. Beautiful. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of Divorce Trauma Recovery. Until then, you guys take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. 
If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.